0: We have Ring of Honor's Mile High Magnum, Dak Draper on the show today, but before we get started, we gotta have everything as metal as fucking possible, so we give you Sinistry's Civilization's Coma title track to kick this motherfucker off with a goddamn bang. You guys are, uh, man, the, my, my recording just froze, so we lost about eight minutes. I'm sorry, guys.
1: Oh, don't worry about it. Oh,
0: oh son of a bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do we just want to start it over?
0: Yeah, we're going to have to start over. we
2: got to start over. From the top. From, From the top. The top.
0: Okay. Guys, this is a minefield second, second, second opportunity. Thank you, Mr. Deck. God damn it. I, I, w- I, I was wondering when this was going to happen because I was, I, was record- I was listening to a podcast the other day and they, they're like, man, every now and then shit happens. I'm like, man, that never happens on my fucking show.
1: Well, I like fucked up my uh, headphones anyway, so it's good.
0: <laughs> well, we've got the Mile High Magnum, Mr. Dak Draper on the show, man. Thank you so much. We are rewinding on this one. We got Mr. Tony Morales there. We got Mr. Tony Slick from Colorado Springs. You guys know each other really well. You guys have wrestled before. I don't think you've met Slick before.
1: No, I don't think so.
2: Now, I'm relatively new, but like I said, I am a, I'm a huge fan of yours. Uh, one of my trainers, uh, well, actually a couple of my trainers, uh, Big Guns Justin Andrews, shout out to him. Uh, yeah, he's mentioned you a lot when I started training. And like I said, I started getting into this, what, Josh, like what, two years ago? About two years One or two years ago, yeah. And you, 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 they, your name comes up a lot over, you know, some of the, the Colorado uh, elite here. So, you oh, know, like, we, yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, probably comes saw... up with stuff not to do
2: <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far, but your name has been dropped here along with I don't know, if uh, like Eric Angel, you know, uh, God damn, there's a whole bunch of people that he talked about, but your name definitely has came up. So when I got asked to do this podcast with Josh, I'm like, uh, hell yeah, what time you need? Three minutes. I'll be down there too. So, you know, how I go.
0: Because you go all the way back from the, uh, well, I mean, there's all little things that, that have happened here before, but also you've been, what uh, mostly. There he is.
1: Hey, sorry. <laughs> this, this episode is cursed. <laughs> no, it is uncursed. Sorry.
0: It okay, is uncursed.
1: That, that, so I uh, I was dro- I had my headphones in my hand and they have this, like, super sensitive little button on them and it it, like, hangs up calls. So if I touch them, if I, like, if they start to fall out of my ear and I adjust them it it uh hangs up the call and I like completely forgot and I was just moving them. I'm so sorry. No, it's no problem, man. It we <laughs> definitely happens, man. We were just talking right. about like
0: uh I was cuz I went back as far as I could on you and all the Wikipedia pages and everything I could find and you went back pretty far with the NRW started by uh Old Mercury Aiden. Oh
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> then yeah. Was... The, uh, yeah, it uh it's funny. Um when I came back to Colorado after uh, NXT, I uh, I wrestled for NRW a lot, which became Rocky Mountain Pro. They ran a lot of shows uh, before I got signed for NXT. NRW wanted nothing to do with me. I tried to uh, tr- I tried to get training there and stuff like that, and they were all right with me coming to training, but they would never put me on an NRW show before uh, I had wrestled in NXT. New Era Wrestling, it, uh, Zach and Stacy were, I think, the first people that really believed in me i remember i was like i was very very new and uh they pulled me aside at a show and they're like hey uh we like we really we really want to like put you in we want to put you in spots to succeed and they did and i thought that was really really cool because i was very young and i didn't know what i was doing but uh they put me towards the top of their card and uh so i got to wrestle got wrestle and learn from guys like tony and guys uh like the superstar uh andrew titus and uh uh, Maybe Michael you Bowe. and Junsu had a
3: really good match. Yeah, ju- yeah, Junsu.
1: Yeah, it was uh, guys like that. Like it, I thought that was really cool. I learned so much at uh, New Era Wrestling because they they put me in a spot in front of a crowd where it was like a high like a high pressure situation, especially for the time. And uh, I just thought that was really really cool. And like I'll I'll always remember that about Zach and Stacy. They they were the first people that gave that really I think believed in me as a wrestler who didn't who didn't know me. You know, like yeah, my parents believed in me and stuff, but like. Zach and Stacy didn't know me. They knew – I was brand new to them. What so year, I thought that was really cool.
0: What year was that?
1: That would have been 2012.
0: And then – so you started a new era, and then how did you get recognized by NXT, man?
1: Um, So I was an amateur wrestler. I uh, So I wrestled uh, – I amateur wrestled my whole life, and then I was a collegiate wrestler. And so my first time in a wrestling ring was actually an FCW tryout. This is before it turned into NXT. right. And uh, I did the the FCW tryout and they were like just transitioning uh, and they invited me to it too. So it was like you got flown down. I had no idea what I was doing. I did so bad. The only thing that I did well was my promo. And it wasn't even like I did the promo well. I just wasn't nervous to talk. And so they were like, all right, like we can work with this guy. But uh, they were kind of getting ready to go through the uh, transition from FCW to NXT. And so I feel like that kind of played into me not getting signed. And, uh, but I had no idea before that how to get into pro wrestling. Cause, uh, I was going to college up in Nebraska and there was like no independent wrestling in Nebraska. And so I was just going to become an MMA fighter after college. And, uh, after I'd gone to FCW just for that week for the tryout and I was like, Oh my God, this is like a possibility. I was like, I was so hooked. So I, uh, I moved back to Colorado and they told me they weren't going to sign me. And I was like, ah, oh, man, like, I was living in nebraska and by the end of the week i'd moved back to colorado to uh try and get training and i hit up uh brandon bishop who uh he brought me down to acw and uh there was a pat tanaka seminar so he brought me to the pat tanaka seminar and i just kind of started like i feel like i became like a young boy of pat tanaka like he would make me do he'd make me do uh, 500 squats before training all the time and he would take some bookings where he would uh he would take he would get paid less money and he would, uh, so that he could train uh, superstar and I in the ring before the shows. I always thought that was really cool of Pat, And so, uh, yeah, I, and so after about nine months of like independent being on the independence in Colorado, and I traveled a little bit, but very, very rarely. I was mainly just like a Denver guy. Uh, they re- NXT reached back out and uh, they brought me down for another tryout. And that's how I got signed.
0: Man, that that sounds like a whirlwind, especially when you're completely getting removed from your comfort zone and then getting thrown in a different space right away. NXT sounded like a really good idea, but like uh, as of right now, I mean, it's one of the better ones on TV right now, but it's it's not something I'm like so eager to watch anymore because I feel like I feel like you get demoted to go to the main roster and then if you're good enough to they might bring you back and then that, that still just confuses the shit out of me how it's being organized right now.
2: Yeah, we're not gonna go up there on that. I'm a little pissed up about the Keith Lee situation myself. Cause um, yeah, we're gonna leave that alone.
0: But you get to you get to Ring of Honor, man. And Ring of Honor is one of the funnest ones around, man. And uh, I, I, it, it really confused me right when COVID hit because there was very little news about what was going on in ROH. There was a bunch of other stuff going on because of what was going on in like Impact, and then a lot of people getting. Uh, uh, me too like what happened to joy ryan but there was very little going on about ring of honor like how did things get shaken up right off the bat when covid hit
1: uh well when covid hit the big thing is uh ring of honor i feel like doesn't get enough credit for how well they take care of the wrestlers as soon as covid hit um we had our anniversary show scheduled in las vegas and they canceled the show like they had and they had like the whole crew out there. Everybody was across the, uh, the whole crew was across the country and they canceled the show. So out of safety for the fans and the wrestlers and like that next week, like one of the first communications that came through was like, Hey, you guys are still going to be getting paid throughout this, uh, throughout this pandemic. And, uh, don't worry about that. And, uh, then we started having zoom calls about like, where they just kind of brainstormed about, uh, stuff that guys could do to, uh, stay active on social media and stuff like that. And then they were, Talking about how they we want to do, and I believe that we really have. They wanted to always keep like the safety of the wrestlers, and of course the fans. We don't have fans right now that uh, come to live events, of course. But uh, right, they want to keep the safety of the wrestlers as like the number one priority. And man, they don't just talk it; they walk it. Because I feel like I feel safer like wrestling at a Ring of Honor show than I. I feel like I have less of a chance of catching COVID or, uh, at a wrestling at a Ring of Honor show than I have like going to the grocery store. that's amazing they're so safe with it and like i don't know it's i think it's so cool that they really uh taken this focus on pure wrestling with the pure with the uh pure championship and uh it's i feel like it's really allowed uh it's really allowed them to uh or allowed us to emphasize like a different part of wrestling to the fans like to bring back like the real sport aspect of it and uh I, I personally love it. It's like a lifelong amateur wrestler. I think it's awesome. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what people think who aren't like huge amateur wrestling fans, but uh, I think it's great.
3: Yeah, you just had a match with uh, with Brian Johnson, I believe, doing Pure Rules, yeah.
1: didn't you? Yeah, I'm uh, undefeated, officially undefeated in the Ring of Honor Pure Division. And uh, yeah, I had a match with Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson's a great pro wrestler. It's funny. Brian Johnson is uh, the first guy that I met when I moved to Baltimore. When Uh-oh. I moved to Baltimore because I was trying to uh, – I didn't when I moved to Baltimore I wasn't necessarily just aiming at a, at wrestling for ring of honor but Baltimore was a location on the east coast that was close to a lot of cities and I I was moving there for my wrestling career where it's like there are a lot of there are a lot of shows that I'd like to work for out here and like
3: the travel was a lot would be a lot easier and there's just a lot more opportunities to work and yeah uh, definitely being a midwest like a midwest centered guy is kind of difficult to get those big opportunities mm-hmm. where I think Berkshire has a lot a lot more opportunities readily available.
1: Yeah, and like I think I feel like there have been times where I've like unduly like not given Colorado like the credit it deserves because there are a lot of good wrestlers in Colorado. Mm-hmm. The thing that just sucks is there's a lot of entertainment in Colorado, so it's so much harder to like draw up a fan base because in like Denver, you've got you've got Denver's such a like such a hopping city. There's so much going on that it's like it's not just wrestling going on in this ta- in uh, this town like on a Friday night. There's mm-hmm. there's so many different entertainment options, and it's just I feel like it also wasn't like a historically like strong territory wrestling uh, area. And so I got when I especially when I got released from NXT and moved back to Colorado, I feel like I got really negative about it because I was just I was hungry and I wanted to change a pace, uh-huh. and I feel like the uh, just seeing the same fans and kind of like. Colorado is so geographically isolated where you're just seeing the same people over and over. You start to feel stagnant.
3: Oh, I can totally see uh, where you're coming from with that.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, mm-hmm. and so like, for me, it's like, I feel like I got really, I got like the itch to move. Like before I moved to Kansas city, I was really like almost kind of, I was, I was definitely like prickly about it and uh, visibly want visibly wanted to, to get out. And like, looking back, it's like, that was silly. But it's just because I was hungry. Like Roy- Royce Isaacs was the same way. Like I feel like mm-hmm. we were kind of in the same boat where it was like we weren't nearly as good as we thought we were. But at least we were like really hungry. And then we t- went to put our- push ourselves out of our comfort zones.
3: Yeah, because you- Royce went
1: west and you went east. Yep. Yeah, he went to uh, LA and I went to Kansas
3: City at first for uh, NWL, which was wild. I loved it. I was actually going to ask you about NWL because that was like – Something that kind of you know, it seemed like it popped up out of nowhere. You had a uh, major Basden who was the founder. Yep. He was, you know, I think he was like a, a tech guy, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. Yeah, and- he, uh huh. Yeah, he he's a big yeah. He uh, he
1: sold some company for like a hundred million dollars, and uh, he wanted to own a sports league. And uh, I think he was going to buy a baseball team, or he was going to try and be part of a group to buy a baseball team. And he like realized like, ah, I, I, I want to be like I. I kind of like wrestling more and I I'd, I'd rather own a wrestling company. Like I'm probably <laughs> wrong about that, but, uh, it was something like that. And, uh, I remember I was just sitting there cause I was working at a gym at the time at, uh, the time mm-hmm. living in Colorado Springs. And I got a message on Facebook from this guy named Chris Goff. Uh, Tony, you know, Chris Goff from Metro I do Pro. know Chris. Yeah. He's a great dude. Yeah. Chris messaged me and, uh, he's like, Hey, Hey, uh, do you, uh, have any interest in a full-time wrestling gig and i'm sitting there selling gym memberships I'm like
0: hell yes I <laughs> fuck to. yeah i no, want to do no. that kiss my uh, ass Jim. Yeah, like, i'm out of here
1: <laughs> exactly no i'd rather work 60 hours a week at a gym and uh have to argue to get to leave on saturdays for my bookings oh jesus um so he uh oh yeah when, when i worked at the gym there would be times where they would think that i was still at the gym and i'm like up at golden or in port Collins for an NRW show. They're looking for me. What you and Dean you, on the road. What gym did you work yeah, but, at? You,
0: you can mention it. They're all li- closed. Lifetime <laughs> Fitness. Oh fuck that place, man. Oh, oh dude. I, oh, I'm Lifetime.
1: Not... Lifetime Fitness is a great facility. They have great facilities. It's a great gym. Like they've got so much for you.
0: Yeah, if, you, if you've got all brand new workout gear to show that shit off, I fucking hate places like that, man. Like, where, they, <laughs> where it's like, if, unless you're, like, wearing brand new, like, expensive-ass gym stuff, they don't give a shit about you. It's like, no, I, I preferred going over to Gold's, and, like, the only time anyone ever talked to me was like, hey, you're doing that wrong, or what are you doing? I want to try that out.
1: Hey, that, Hey, that's the thing. Like, that's the great thing about fitness. Like, to each their own, like, everybody can, like, I grew up in a hardcore gym, and I still like love working out in hardcore gyms. But man, sometimes I feel like it's nice to get done with my lift and go sit in the steam room, and yeah. then go out to the hot tub. You oh, know, no, no, no. As I... I get a little older and more mature, I start to enjoy the finer things, the, the amenities.
0: <laughs> and, I, I understand, but I, I guess I'm just like yeah. like like that so, that.
1: so I'm so I'm sitting there, <clears throat> so I'm sitting there in Lifetime Fitness, and I'm not enjoying the amenities at all because I'm sitting there at a desk uh, in my uniform trying to. Uh, sell people memberships and uh chris goff messages me and he's like yeah would you be interested in a full-time wrestling gig and i was like yeah like absolutely and he's like okay we'll uh f- well we're gonna it's in kansas city and uh and i was like okay yeah like that'll be he's like we'll have you come out next week and i was like all right um and i was thinking i was gonna drive and the very next message was like yeah we'll uh what like what day do you want to fly out oh shit like, you guys gonna fly <laughs> yeah you guys gonna fly me to, K- to kc like Which the thing is, it's so funny because like talking to the East Coast guys, people don't typically do like eight hour drives. There are some guys that are like road warriors and do eight hour drives. But like that's very much like a Midwest and then Rocky Mountain thing because the cities are so, so much further apart where it's like you just you spend so much more time on the road because there's just so many more miles between the cities. And so like to me, it was like, yeah, that's. Denver, to Kansas City, that's no big deal. That's eight hours. And uh, mm-hmm. he's like, we're going to fly you. And I felt like I was like a prince. I felt like actual royalty. An immediate and, sign and had of, a,
0: good, of good things to come.
1: Oh, yeah. They had a town car pick me up at the uh, airport. Like the driver was in like a suit. And they drove me to this like tall building downtown. And they had rented out an entire floor. And it was like all decorated for NWL. And uh, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like they had like an office. It was uh, – they had like – office workers that weren't wrestling people like they had, like, it was wild. I, uh, it almost
3: sounds like it's too good to be true. Really? Yeah, I know. Well,
1: a little bit of foreshadowing there.
0: Yeah.
1: I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say that. Cause whatever. I, I, I got a lot out of it. I, I learned a lot, but they kind of told me about how they would want to, uh, they told me about the vision and how things would work. And it was like, everybody was going to have to change their names. And, uh, cause I was Sammy six guns junior at the time. And everybody was gonna have to change their names and like I was kinda looking to change to I was kinda looking for a change anyway. I feel like being Sammy Six Guns Jr. was uh me kind of uh going the complete other direction from when I was uh in NXT and had to be so serious and had to be uh and just I wasn't really having fun in wrestling when I was in NXT because I was I feel like at the performance center there's so much training that it's really easy to fall into just being a wrestling student where you like almost fall out of being a wrestler, you know, where it's like your life kind of folks just centers around practice and training and matches are almost like secondary and you're not really wrestling for the fans. You're wrestling to, for a coach's critique. And, uh, it's just different. And so I feel like Sammy sick, being Sammy six guns junior in Colorado was like such a great opportunity to go the other way and just relax in the ring and have fun and like learn how to really like use my personality. And, uh, so I was like really excited to kind of bring that, back to the center and uh, Dak Draper I feel like allowed me to do that uh, Nick Gosser from Lucha Libre and Last has said that uh, he's told me that uh, Dak Draper is like Sammy Sixguns Jr. grew up <laughs> no,
3: no, no. I, could t- I could totally see that when you, when you say it like that it totally makes sense it was kind of you know, like, like Sammy like, Sixguns was like the drunken college kid and then Jack, Jack yes. Draper was him with a real job
0: new name <laughs> exactly new gravitas time to time to get
1: serious exactly and, uh, like, he's still got that little propensity for having fun, but, like, it's not all about fun, and it's not all about being silly. And uh, the uh, my favorite thing about NWL was uh, they put – like, we had a training program, and they built this training center. They had uh, – they hired Derek Stone as a coach. Okay. And uh, I know some people – like, some, uh, I really came in with the attitude of – because I hated, I hated working a uh, – the only time in my life where wrestling hasn't been my – only time in my adult life where pro wrestling hasn't been my primary source of income, uh, was the times that I was wrestling in Colorado. Yeah. And especially the, uh, especially after NXT, when I was just working so long at the gym. And like I said, like I was sneaking out to go to bookings and mm-hmm. it was like, I was so, uh, miserable with like having to like, s- having to like fight it's so great. hard for wrestling, like just to get the opportunity for wrestling. I was so excited to like, dedicate all my time to it and so uh we had this training center and I got I came in I feel like I really came in with such a good attitude and I learned so much from Derek Stone like
3: not and only he was like a Harley and,
1: guy if I remember correctly yeah he was and then like, also he was a guy who just like he, he was like a really well-traveled guy too where like he was trained by Harley Race but he wasn't just like oh yeah I'm a Harley Race guy so I'm gonna stay around the Missouri and like be the man which he totally could have done Harley it's, Race like, this he, like,
0: Harley Race that I've heard those dudes
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He like he went to Ohio. He started doing a lot of W. He started. So he went to kind of like Ohio and then like over towards the East Coast. Then he started doing a lot of WWE extra work. And like he's just he's wrestled a lot of really good guys. And uh, so he helped me a lot with wrestling. And then he also helped me uh, with like like my physical fitness where I was doing so much like row lifting where it was just like I was lifting for only lifting to try and look good and my workouts weren't that hard when i got to nwl i couldn't even touch my toes oh and uh yeah and like i was i was getting by on uh on just like because like i am naturally i'm a really naturally good athlete and i was just getting by on that and derek's like yeah man if you want to go where you want if you want to go if you want to go where you want to go like you have a lot of talent but if you don't start like training like a like a legit athlete you're not going to get there and how, he turned it around for me so much
0: how quick were you getting blown up in the ring
1: um i my cardio my car i've always been able to kind of get by no matter how bad my cardio has been but man derek really pushed me to the next level where like that's when i started having those like 30 those like 30 minute matches like ev- like consistently every show where i'm having these like 30 minute matches where the pace is super high and it's not like we're just like laying down in rest holds where like there was so much action in it uh Probably like too much. We were probably like moving too fast, but it's like I needed that. It was I thought it was great. It uh yeah, I I could always get by without getting blown up, but like that's not the way I want to go. I want it to be like like I don't get tired, not like I'm trying to avoid like getting blown up. So
0: are you, are you getting to the point now where your your cardio's so good that they're just telling you like, Hey dude, slow down. Like you don't have to go that fast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's always kind of a uh Especially like especially now and especially at this level, like that's the thing that guys always have to remember is like you you try and do so much sometimes and you end up kind of screwing yourself over. And so uh, as I get more mature, it's like uh, like uh, Perry Saturn says, uh, it's not it's not less is more, less is less. It's getting more out of less. And I feel like as I become a smarter wrestler and just more seasoned, uh, I really feel like I'm starting to grasp that a lot better.
3: Yeah, that makes a lot – I've never heard that, but uh, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. it.
1: Uh, yeah, it's uh, – man, I've really – I think the thing that's really benefited me a lot is like I've – my amateur background, just like my uh, like high school and college sports background, I feel like I was always like the kind of kid that was like – for summer camp, I didn't just go to a summer camp. It was always like sports camp. It was always wrestling camp and football camp and stuff like that, and I'm just so used to being coached. I feel like I've always kind of put myself well, not not always, but as recently, ever since NWL, I put myself in a position to be coached and uh, and to have like a lot of influences, and uh, I think that's really helped me a lot in uh, in improving and uh, improving and then finding success. Being coachable, but, uh, and, being coachable is such a big deal. Oh, absolutely! And it's funny. There were times where I, when I was in NXT, where my coachability was questioned. And looking back, like, I, like at the time, I got really, really upset about it. But looking back, like I understand it.
0: Was it really – but, but you, it was WWE though. Was it really being coachable or just not kissing enough ass?
1: Oh, no. It was being coachable. Like I think a lot of people that are unsuccessful will like that's low-hanging fruit. They'll say that like, oh, I didn't kiss enough ass and stuff like that. But it's like I think there are a lot of times where – I think we're all hypocrites and the goal is just to be less of one. Right. And I feel like when I first got released from uh, NXT, that's how I felt that like this great injustice had been done to me and, uh, I sh- and I should still be there and stuff like that. But when I look back, it's like if I looked objectively, would I be like, oh, yeah, that guy, I have to have that guy on the show like this show, ne- this show needs Travis Tyler. Like, no, I wouldn't have said that. So that only I, hurts. <laughs>
0: but it's it, it shows a remarkable maturity. I mean, not not that you're not like you know 20 years old in the ring right now, but at the same time though, being able to admit that uh, like on on tape, that's a big deal, man. Because a lot of people really need oh, to yeah. fucking hear that sort of thing. I remember the yeah. first time it really occurred to me was when I was listening to an interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Drew McIntyre, and he was him like having to <sighs> oh, I fucked up. Yeah, I shit the bed in NXT. And I had to go sure. get humble. And then now, like, hey, it, but at the same time, though, that didn't mean he was done with... I mean, now he's, he's like, one of the top dogs there, man. and and uh, Exactly. I, more people like you need to be able to, like, show that sort of
1: flash. Of, like, hey, guys, you got to calm the fuck down. <laughs> like. Yeah. And The thing is, I feel like one of the only ways to learn that is, like, through experience and through kind of uh, losing it all. And I went through... I was... I was kind of an asshole when I was in Colorado in my second go round uh, before I moved to Kansas City, and I was like, I feel like looking back, I kind of cr- I cr- I cringe at it, but it's like I kind of needed that to mature. Like you got to be the ugly caterpillar before you become the butterfly, and I don't think I'm the butter. Well, I of course I look like the butterfly, but uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm the but the
3: complete butterfly I want to be yet. Yeah. So did you you train at the um uh mcw's training center now don't you um i go there you?
1: uh i go there to uh well right now I, I go there uh yeah to rest to roll around a little bit and uh mcw's Sorry. great they uh that's the most impressive uh pro wrestling school that i've ever seen that i'm like i'm a, i am so impressed with there's uh unfortunately he just passed away uh his name is yeah Meyer. yeah the bruiser great guy like he brought he brought guys up right he set such a standard there mm-hmm. and their shows like their shows draw their shows draw like every 2 weeks uh, before covid they were drawing like 500 people that's and like, awesome that's not an exaggeration either like they have su- mm-hmm. they have such a big fan base and the quality of shows is so good well and uh
0: rewind rewind a second here before we get too far yeah.
1: what makes it so special they uh I think it's the like the professionalism and the big thing is like the pride and self-respect they instill in the wrestlers. I feel like there are a lot of times where like, even like there, uh, for example, I remember there are guys that I started with in Colorado where it was like, say that people didn't see potential in somebody or they were small or something like that. They just kind of would get pigeonholed and, and bullied also into, uh, into doing something that's going to make them embarrass themselves on the show. And, uh, I really think with the MCW guys like Bruiser and uh there's uh Dean also runs it. Uh Bruiser and Dean really like instilled like hey, you guys are like business, you guys are businessmen and mm-hmm. you have to respect yourselves if people are going to respect you. And they all ca- you can just see it in the posture of the guys even. Like everybody's professional, they're they're all brought up the right way. They all uh they- they're all trained right. Their fundamentals are all really good. They know they know psychology. They know how to put a match together. They're not a pain in the ass to put a match together with, which I think goes a really long way. Because, like, if I wrestle a guy and we're arguing about what we're going to do for the whole the whole day, then I don't want to wrestle him again. And so yeah, I feel it's like gonna it's gonna just kind a of a, match yeah, exactly. And I feel like it's like match nothing else. And I think that I think one of the big things too is they stress like that you got to look like a wrestler. All their guys are in great shape, so it's. You're not in there with somebody that you're worried that you're worried about isn't going to be able to physically pick you up or to be able to uh, hold up their end of the bargain and and also they uh they have birthday party shows so they really well, pre-covid they had birthday party shows where you could have a birthday party because mcw's been around uh mcw um with their consistency reminds me of new era where okay. new era i feel like has just run so consistently but like they've done it for so long now they've built up such a fan following that they had that uh they have they have a higher frequency, and they have this huge fan following. And so people – they had, had people rent out the arena for birthday parties, and their students would wrestle on Saturday and Sunday mornings in front of these birthday party crowds. And so it's like it's a small audience, but it's still an audience. And so you're working in front of an audience, but it's not like you're scrounging for bookings when you're new. So these kids get so much uh, – they get so much experience and uh, just all those, I feel like they do everything right to put their guys in a position to uh, succeed. And that's where uh Velveteen dream came from. Uh, Leo rush, uh, all kinds, all kinds
3: of really good guys. Yeah. Cause they've been around, they've been around forever. Like I think 20, 25 years at this point. Cause they do the, uh, yeah. the Jane Shamrock Memorial cup, or at least they did for quite a while. Oh yeah. I remember they reading do. about this They still do in the nineties. Yeah. My, my buddy Joe keys, he, uh,
1: I think he, he might be no he's he won the Shane Shamrock the year before last year but uh yeah it's uh I really enjoy MCW I was also uh before covid I was also, I was doing most of my uh in-ring training at the uh Ring of Honor Dojo because that's also okay. in Baltimore and uh they had their fil- their Philadelphia dojo and then when they moved their operations to Baltimore they uh they set up this whole new building and it's it's really nice they've got uh two rings in there and you you even have an entrance. So you can practice your entrance before match, before your practice match, and uh, they've got some weights. And uh, the uh, coach there, Will, uh, the coaches there, Will Ferrara and Jonathan
3: Gresham. They're. Uh, oh yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Gresham. He's, Oh, yeah, he's the awesome. octopus, the octopus. Yeah, man,
2: that's he's a great.
3: And it's cool because they're like a
1: yin and a yang. Like where Will is, Will is so good at keeping you on a. Will is so good at like keeping you honest, where it's like. You're not gonna get away with something in a match. like say something happens at a practice match and Will's like, you know, you should have done this and you can try and I'm a I can be kind of an excuse guy, especially the more familiar I get with somebody. And so like he'd say this, I'm like, Oh yeah, well but and he's like, No, there's not a but. And uh he's he's someone that uh, I real he's really somebody that like I'll run my ideas past and uh and like his when he when I walk back and he's 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 the guy. He's the guy on the headset. He's our he's our producer on our matches. And mm, I'll walk okay. back. And when I have a thumbs up from Will Ferrara, like that means so much to me. That feels so good because like he's my like I he's my coach. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I view him as I view him as my coach. And uh, he hold he holds everybody to a really high standard. And I think that's why
3: the uh, guys from the Ring of Honor dojo have been doing so well. This, the new yeah, Baltimore I think, yeah, I think dojo. you need that. You need that. You know, you need someone yep. like I said to keep you honest. Yes, especially
0: especially someone you can confide your your ideas in, because that's a I mean, everyone wants to think that they've got good ideas. But when you can just run past the ideas and some of them like, no, that's let's try to switch that up or no, that's really good. And you know that their their advice is coming from the heart and they're not just puffing
1: you, you know? Yep, exactly.
0: Man, bring it honor, man. It's been always so special to me, man. Like I remember like the the me too. I got to go to Supercard of Honor back in New Orleans and it was just, it was just such Lucky. a wonderful <laughs> environment, man. Like that was, because it was like, it was, we were going to WrestleMania, obviously, but the thing about Ring of Honor was it was, it felt so much more special to me because I was around people that I knew, knew wrestling, like whether or not they were exactly. smart marks or not, they cared right. about the wrestlers, like where as opposed to you go see a WWE show and someone gets hurt and like, oh fuck, you got hurt. Fuck that guy, but in Ring of Honor, it's like, oh my God, he got hurt. Is he okay? Like, uh, like, and, and because yeah. also you know that Ring of Honor cares about their 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 guys. If they get hurt, I know you you guys aren't gonna get punished. That really really scares me when it comes to a Fed, is whether or not you're gonna get punished. Oh. And uh, Ring of Honor, man, I can just go on and on. Especially well, that's the reason why we've got you on the show, man. We started talking about it earlier when uh, the microphone was. Not working <laughs> correctly, <laughs> but you've got a you've, oh, yeah. got, you've got a big ass match coming up on the on Friday, man. That final battle yeah. versus Josh Woods,
1: LSG, and uh, Tony Deppen, man. Yeah, this is uh, I feel like my last uh, my last Ring of the biggest match of my career up to this point was when I challenged Dragon Lee in uh, St. Louis right before the world shut down for the uh, Ring of Honor World Television Championship, and that match showed me. What it felt like to go with a top tier, a top tier uh, world class talent, like that. Just everything about everything about the way that Dragon Lee wrestles is like he is a pro. He like he is a pro, and he is he's he's an athletic freak too. He's great. And uh, I came up. I unfortunately came up short. This could become the biggest night of my career because my fatal four way match that I'm in is Tony Deppen versus Josh Woods, versus L.S.G., versus Dak Draper with the winner later in the night getting a world television title shot at Dragon League. And so it could very much become the biggest night of my career. And uh, I'm really excited for the uh, individual matchups in that match. Like, I'm going to really try to not – I'm the biggest guy in the match. So I'm really going to try uh, to not get put out of the ring because I want to mix it up with each of these guys. Josh Woods and I are uh, guys that have very similar backgrounds. But then I feel like we've really uh, drifted apart from how we've gone about our pro wrestling careers where he's really kept that MMA and pro wrestling base where I've tried to travel around and pick up things from different parts of the country in wrestling. And I feel like I've adapted to a more pro wrestling style. And then uh, Tony Deppin's a phenomenal technician and people don't think of technical wrestling when they see Dak Draper, but I can. I've got great fundamentals uh, at a. Uh, when I was at NXT, I spent like a year training with Norman Smiley and Robbie Brookside. I was there for two years, but one I spent probably about one year completely with Norman Smiley.
3: Lucky it, bastard. Oh,
2: it's great. <laughs> I, you're just getting I used, spoiled.
1: I, I pull out so much stuff. There's stuff that there's stuff that uh, I used to pull out at the dojo that Gresham would be impressed with. And like, and where'd you learn that? It was always Norman Smiley. Always Norman okay. Smiley. And uh, I shouldn't say that. Also Brookside. Robbie Brookside is... Uh, He's a phenomenal British wrestler and uh,
3: legendary British wrestler. And uh, yeah, nobody hears he about him really here, up. but over there, he's you know legend. He's up there at Regal. Exactly. Yeah. And then, uh,
1: and then LSG is, he's so fast, he's fast. And people think that he's small because he's fast, but he's way bigger than people think. And, uh, he hits harder than people think too. And, uh, I'm really looking to match with that style too, because I can really show my athleticism and show that I've got that fifth gear where I can, uh, where I've got that get up and go in my legs, you know? So uh, I'm really pumped for it. And I'm really pumped for the opportunity to uh, hopefully win the ring of honor world television championship uh, at final battle.
3: Well, well man, I mean, you're to could... be amazing, man. Um, yeah. What, it's, that, uh, let's start out there. What does, what, what does Dak Draper bring to the ring as, as and in contrast to those other three? I think the big thing
1: that I bring to the ring, I bring, I bring my, I bring size. I bring uh, the big thing though, is I bring charisma and energy. I think uh, I am. I am large. I am a high class athlete. I look good, and I know it. I've, I'm the kind of guy that could. Uh, I'm the kind of guy that can take Ring of Honor to the next level. Where I want. I want to be the Ring of Honor uh, World Television Champion. I want to be the Pure Champion. I want to be the World Champion. Then I want to go make movies. I want people to say. I want to put Ring of Honor on my back and carry them. You know, I want to take them to the next level. That's that's how confident
3: I am in myself.
1: See, that's why that you
3: see yourself out. as the top guy, which is awesome, man. But, like, let's, you know, say, are you saying you want to get in there with, like, the Jay Lethals, the Jay Briscoes? Oh, absolutely. Like everybody yeah. on the top tier. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's, I
1: won't be satisfied. I, like, I'll never be satisfied. Like, I, when I was at NWL, I was the guy. I was the... You were the I first far, champion, was, yeah. Yeah, I was far and away. I was the champion. Even after I wasn't the champion, I was still the guy that was on all the posters, all the news stuff, all the commercials. I was, uh, I was whenever, uh, like there was this car deal, there were car dealerships that wanted, uh, wrestlers for commercials. They weren't, they weren't saying we want the NWL champion. They would call and they said, we wanted Dak. I was, uh, I was a star in Kansas city and, uh, I still wasn't satisfied. I was still pissed off with my spot there because I felt like I didn't get enough. And it's like, I had the most and I felt like I didn't get enough. And I think that selfishness, it's kind of like that same selfishness and hunger that I was talking about where, uh, Mm it the made hell me really want to yeah it made me want to get out of colorado like colorado's a beautiful place and i have tons of friends there but like i had
0: have... think we lost him again or he touches headphones
3: Here and I'm talented enough that it uh it worked itself out. Yeah. Did you did you have any plans of any place you like wanted to go when you got to Baltimore did you train or anything like that? Well, I knew that the uh,
1: I knew that the uh, Ring of Honor dojo. Well, I decided I wanted to move, it, and then Ring of Honor actually announced that oh, they wow. were going to move the dojo to Baltimore. And I had decided that I wanted to move. It. I was like, that's kind of that that's kind of a relief for me that there's even more opportunity in Baltimore now. Um, but I was just gonna, I was gonna go and I had reached out to, uh, I had reached out to Dean from MCW and uh, I was like, yeah, can I just come, uh, I was, I told him, I was like, yeah, I used to be in NXT and I was, uh, I was in NWL and all this stuff. And, uh, and I just want to come like train and like, you know, make some connections so that I can, uh, get some indie bookings. And he's like, oh, absolutely. And then, uh, I saw the Ring of Honor Dojo was going to be there. So, uh, I, uh, reached out to a former coach of mine at NXT and, uh, yeah, I reached out to a former coach from NXT that uh, was training there at the time, and uh, he got me set up. He uh, also invited me there, and I feel like it was just I got to make those connections, got to get better, and got to get opportunities, and then delivered when I got those opportunities. And so,
3: yeah, a couple things. And that you I, were in the never, uh, the pure to the uh, not the pure tournament
1: the the, um, the uh, top, top pros- prospect I w- yeah I won the uh, top prospect tournament that was. That was so cool because uh, I had done one of the Ring of Honor camps uh, when I lived in Colorado in like 2016.
3: Yeah, I did. I did one of the first ones actually in like 2010, I think. Oh, man. So you were like OG OG Ring of Honor camps. Oh Yeah, dude. I was was actually in the one with uh, Bob Evans. um, Mike Bennett was there. Matt Taven was there. I didn't even realize Taven was there. Oh,
1: wow.
0: That's awesome. It was
3: crazy. Yeah, freaking. I'll tell
1: you. That's. That's so cool. Um, it, that's really funny because my second WWE tryout, the one that I got signed from Taven and I were in the same rental car group. It's a little small world thing.
0: Oh, I want You've been talking a lot about maturity, man, and that's something I really want to focus on because I was talking to a buddy the other day, oh, yeah. and we were talking about humility. And there's there's only so much humility you can actually have or mindfulness, which is important because you definitely don't want to like you know make. You know, you want to minimize the mistakes. I mean, you, you, I like what you said earlier. We're all hypocrites in some sort of manner. But you want to minimize the mistakes. I was waiting to hear, like, the, the, the championship heart from me. Like, you want to be a fucking champion. Like, that's one thing I'm, like, I always oh. wait to hear from someone. It's like, oh, you know, I'd, I'd like to wrestle those guys. Like, no, I want to fucking kick their asses. I want to fucking win. I want to be champion. I want to get up and, and move like that. How do you balance the humility with the, you know, the, the experience, but still keep that championship heart.
1: I think it's, uh, more of, I think it's trying to keep the humility. I think it's using humility to keep the championship heart from running wild. I think, uh, I think if you just let the championship heart run wild, you'll drive yourself crazy. Like if, uh, like when I was at NWL, when I was the NWL champion and I was on everything, and I still wanted more and more and more if I didn't have a little bit of humility and was like, like times where, you know, like one of my promo pictures didn't look the way I wanted that they put on, they put on a poster. And like, if I didn't take a step back and have a little bit of humility, like, Oh yeah. Like they, they have to put, these people are so busy that are doing this. Like the show isn't all about me. Then I would be like the worst person in the world to deal with. But like, I think everyone that has greatness in them kind of has that kind of has that asshole in them because you have to have that like ruthlessness and i really think like the humility makes you a bearable person and for me it was i think i spent some time as like a person that was hard to deal with and i don't know what went off that uh that caused me to realize that i'm sure there was something in my something in my life maybe it was the loss of my father or something that made me realize that like i need to change the way that i act and uh where i still have that championship heart but it's I also have self-awareness now. Right.
0: Have you had the opportunity to like meet up with people and like, you know, make amends or say you're sorry or just, you know, sh- show some sort <laughs> of some sort of bit of uh like, hey man, like I hope we're
2: cool.
1: You know, um I hope that uh I hope that the people in Colorado uh I don't think there's there are many people that I specifically like individually was like a dick to or anything, but I think as a blanket, I was just kind of I was bitter and grumpy about Colorado and uh if there have been people if there's somebody that uh that I was uh not not cool to or uh kind of like was kind of just was a dick to I feel like I'd like them to know that I I feel bad about that and I wouldn't want them to uh I don't know I obviously don't want to don't want to be a mean person <laughs>
0: No, and, and I I completely understand that. And I, I appreciate you opening up like that because one of the, it's one of the things that I've had to oh. to make amends with myself of just like, all right, I can't be such a dick. I gotta I gotta stay humble. But you can't also just be humble just because you're supposed to be humble. You actually have to feel it. I, I'm, and I really like the perspective well. you're bringing with this because with Colorado, everyone here like I deal with or, or get to interact with, they're all pro Colorado. But I haven't had anyone that's had any like like. Not neg- necessarily negative, but also more of a, like, not... It, you wanted
1: to leave. Like, it was really
0: something important to you.
1: Yeah. And I think that's important, too, for young wrestlers. It's being honest. Like, being honest. I feel... Being honest with guys. If you want to make a living in pro wrestling, if you want pro wrestling to be your only job, you're probably not going to do it in Colorado. It's just... It's too geographically isolated. It's just... They're... There are a lot of shows, but there just there isn't enough there isn't enough money in pro wrestling in for you for you to truly like live like a comfortable life and keep moving up. And I think that's a, I tell guys all the time, move. Like there's you get such a benefit out of uh, going somewhere new where people didn't know you when you were horrible, and so they can judge the the wrestler that you are now. Like I think about how Tony knew me when I didn't know how to do anything, and so if like he's watching one of my matches. It's like if he's watching one of my matches, it's like he's also gonna kinda see like the kid that didn't know anything. So if he's critiquing the match, then he's uh then it's gonna be like, Oh yeah, well that's way better than you used to be and if you wanna get that true if you wanna truly be judged by like a new audience, because the fans feel the same way. They they saw they saw Sam Dell, brand new wrestler, when I was horrible. And so like they're always gonna kind of like the trading wheels are always gonna kinda of be on. So I think it's such a great thing for you as a person, as a wrestler, to let, get that change of pace and that change of environment, where you are in a new locker room where you don't know guys. It's uh, I think it's, I think it's really important. And so, I like, I love Colorado. I think it's a great place. But I love every, I love a lot of places that I live, and like I loved Kansas City, and it sucked to move away from Kansas City, but I am glad that I did because it led to bigger and better things. I think once you get comfortable, you got you have to do something to shake it up and make yourself uncomfortable again.
2: Uh, Dak, I got a question for you, uh, being a new wrestler that you just mentioned, um, that you mentioned about that. Uh, when you when you first start off and you have like a, let's just be honest, a piss poor match, which uh-huh. we're, you're going to get you're going to get one eventually. How do you keep going forward to saying, OK, this match sucks, but, you know, I'm going to you know get better. How do you how do you do? Uh, how do you instill that mental fortitude? Because I'm not going to lie, I haven't had a bad match yet. But I do look at some of my matches, and I'm like, eh, that's not really the greatest that I, I that I like. I would like to see. So I would just, I'm pretty sure that other young wrestlers will want to know how do you know, how do you instill that, or how do you move on from that.
1: I think. Uh, well, the fir- the first thing that came to my mind when uh, you started your question was, I think a big thing for new wrestlers is that they're. They're so they want to be respectful, and so Mm -hmm. they're so eager to like admit if they fuck if they messed up in a match, and uh, and if if something wasn't good, uh, they're so eager to admit it in front of everyone in the back. Mm -hmm. And I think a big thing I learned this from Nick Dinsmore, Eugene, um, is if something gets messed up, like you don't need to come to the back and be like, oh, oh, make a big production about it. Like even if it's like not like not like hostile, even if you're just like, oh yeah, that got messed up, I'm so sorry off somewhere private just uh just i feel like it's kind of a professional it's a professional thing where you're where then you're viewed as more of a professional because you're not there burying yourself right. but uh i think the big thing is you need to uh i think the big thing is like you need to like accept that bad matches are going to happen you need to be ready to you need to be ready to fall and just be ready to fall forward like you're gonna learn you're gonna learn from your mistakes i think i learned way more from uh the mistakes i made when i was young than from uh the successes a good example is uh, I had a match once in a, uh, very early in NXT I was very 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 green and it was actually on my birthday and it was so terrible and it was worth a guy it was with a guy that like I was in he was in, like the same training group as me and people and we were kind of like the stars of our little training class mm-hmm. and people were like oh this is gonna be a really good match and it sucked so bad and uh I remember I came to the back and Norman Smiley is such a nice guy. He's so good. He's such a good guy that he's always going to find, like, the good thing in a match. And I was like, how was it? And he was like, you know, sometimes having a bad match is better for you than having a good match,
2: Ouch. which is how bad this match was. Ooh.
1: But it's true because, like, I feel like it uh, – I think there will be guys that will, like, just try and have, like, the safe, the safe match or they wrestle not to mess up versus wrestling to, like, to succeed versus wrestling to thrive. And so I think it's uh, to accept, like, to know that you're you're not always going to be perfect and uh, those mistakes are what's going to make you better. And also, yeah, those mistakes are going to make you better. And, like, the big thing is to be humble. And then also uh, find a few people that you trust and listen to them because everyone's going to tell you something different. And if you try and please everybody, you're just going to be kind of stuck in this weird, like, middle spot where it's, like, find people that you think that you really respect and think that like they know what's going on and then listen to them. Don't go ask everybody in the back. Uh, don't ask everybody in the back how your match was. Cause nobody's going to watch it. And they're gonna tell you, Oh, it was, it was good. And they didn't even watch it. Or they,
0: like, or they a- want to bury you or not, They don't care.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, and so find some people that like find people that you really think, like for me, I would have Pat, I would ask Pat Tanaka, And I actually, I remember, uh, once at New Era, this is after NXT, it was versus, uh, oh, I don't remember his name. He wore, uh, like, a British flag singlet. I asked Tony to watch the match, and uh, to watch the match. And I remember he told, like, told me what he thought. And I remember the thing that made me feel really good about Tony watching the match. And it's not like I asked a bunch of people. I just asked just him to watch it. And he gave me a great critique where I remember he told me uh, the kid did a bulldog to me. And he's like... This, uh, Like, remember him saying that because it made me feel so good right. and so i like find somebody find people on like someone on a show that that's your person that's going to give your your critique because if you're trying to get it from everybody then you're it's like trying to drink out of a fire i
2: want to ask about Ring.
0: i want to ask about ringer honors collaboration right now with uh, new japan is it still as hot as it was back when bullet club was going strong
1: Oh man, I have no idea about how like yeah like office stuff works and all, that, especially in uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like I have uh I have friends that uh I have friends that wrestle there and uh and yeah I I really don't know.
0: <laughs> no, I, no, I appreciate it. I'm not looking for a scoop. I just I'm just hoping to see you in New Japan, man, because New Japan is oh, yeah. one of my favorites, man.
1: Oh, tr- oh, I I would I would love that as well. Like we have some guys uh, from our roster that uh. I know I've been doing stuff with New Japan too, like Brody King and uh, and uh, Flip Gordon, and so I would love I would love to be one of those guys. I want I want to be everywhere.
0: Well, we want to see you everywhere, man. And uh, unfortunately, I gotta we, I gotta actually get ready to go to work, man. I'm just so, so happy we got you on the on the phone this morning. Tell us, uh, all right? So we've got. Hey, the pay- me too. Oh, thank you, man. Uh, we got the pay per view coming up. Ring of honor on uh, Friday night. We're gonna drop this on Thursday. Uh, we've got – where do we find you on social media, man?
1: Uh, social media, Twitter and Instagram are both at Mile High Magnum, all one word. And uh, I have a Facebook fan page, and, man, it is, like, abandoned. Like, you can like my Facebook fan page if you want. You're not going to see anything new. I pretty much live on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, that's, that's where to follow me. If you uh, want to get it, I've got a wonderful Dak Draper shirt. It's got a big mountain on it and uh, got Pike's peak on it. And uh, if you want to get that, you can get it at the uh, ROH pro shop at, uh, I believe it's uh ROH or no shop.roh.com. And then check out final battle. Uh, the first hour of final battle is airing free on uh, ROH wrestling.com on uh, fight TV and uh, yeah, check it out. It's going to be a great show. It's this Friday and uh, I am pumped. It's my first final battle. And, we were talking about earlier how we thought Ring of Honor, like how we thought uh, Ring of Honor was so special. Like when I was in NXT, if a Ring of Honor guy would get signed, I knew he was good because he was a Ring of Honor guy, and that mattered so much to me when I signed with Ring of Honor because that, like, that made me feel like I was. Uh, it made me feel like I had like ticked a box in my mind of like, okay, I view myself as a better
3: wrestler than I did before. That was like, yeah, it's almost milestone. like you're continuing that legacy a little bit. Exactly.
0: You got that gravitas to you know, like, oh, hold on, like, I, I earned this. I worked hard enough to be a fucking Ring of Honor wrestler, and now I'm, I, no one can take that from me. And when I show up somewhere, that's what I got. I got Ring of Honor. Yeah, I've got NXT, but the,
1: it's a little bit different with Ring of Honor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is. It's like, like if if you wrestle a Ring of Honor, you're a badass worker, man. <laughs>
0: Oh that's why my, my uh phone cut out. My 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 uh, hotspot died. Luckily we got picked up on the Wi-Fi. But man, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you in the show guys. I'm sorry I gotta I gotta cut this short, uh but we've got Mile High Magnum Dak Draper. Thank you guys so much. I gotta get to my shoe job. This transmission is over.